Today, Jason Shepard joins us to discuss his personal portfolio, how he's developed a process for culling domains at expiration, a new domain, a past tense verb he recently acquired, and an accidental sale. Enjoy the show. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y. FT.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, and today we have a one-on-one -on -one interview with none other than Jason Shepard. What's going on, Jason? How you doing? I'm great, Tess. How are you? Fabulous. I'm loving the cowboy hat. Is that a tribute to our fabulous days in Austin and how much we all wish we were getting out and about? Well, that, that's absolutely part of it, um, that and the quarantine hair. Um, you know, had to do something, and uh, this seemed appropriate. Looking forward to Austin again, I, if that's where it's going to be, if we're going to have it, but uh, who knows at this point, I, I guess. I don't, think, yeah. I, don't think it's been, I don't think I've heard, but, uh, you know. I think there's, love, yeah, there's still working back. things out. We'll see what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I, for a while, like, all my friends were, you know, messaging quarantine hair, don't care, and now it's more like, quarantine hair starting to care <laughs> <laughs> well I, you know I, I i was bad about getting regular haircuts anyway but when you can't do something it makes you want to do it more so who knows I mean, that's anyway. the truth well you're a sport for coming on here no matter what thank you for taking the time to share your expertise so were you going to say something did i cut you off no Alrighty then. Um, so um, with this last few months, it sounds like, so just for the Sherpa Network, anybody who doesn't know, um, so Jason, you manage your own personal portfolio and then you manage an investment portfolio with a, um, a private a silent partner. Um, right. So um, you've had a lot of action over the last couple months and you've taken this time to really focus on um, culling the portfolio too. Let's talk about what you're doing, what you're seeing, where you're moving things. Uh, sound right? Yeah, sounds great. Um, so just uh, you know, to set, set the table here, um, what we're going to be talking about today is my personal portfolio. The, uh, my partner has a lot of businesses that, are, that were affected by the COVID shutdowns. So we've really pumped the brakes on acquisitions. Um, we sold a few names on that. Um, on that side, but um, you know what we're talking about today is more the portfolio management of my portfolio and how I'm kind of culling back some of the names, uh, liquidating some of the uh, some of the lower end names and trying to uh, just trying you know just trying to shrink it down a little bit and make it uh, improve the quality in, in general. Um, so basically, just to you know to get it started, I uh, since March, late March, I have. Uh, you know, really going on a tear trying to trying to get rid of names. And in that time, up until through yesterday, I've sold 85 names. Um, and the total on those was 33, uh, was $3,330. Wow. 
Um, so obviously at 85 names, that's a, a lot of that is liquidation prices, but um, you know, 30 of those were through the drop catch platform. I have a lot of names at name right. And it's really easy to list those names as a private sale on drop catch. And um, so I've, I've sold 30 there for a total of $864. Um, I have done 53 through name liquidate. I know name, name liquidates getting a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of press, a lot of, a lot of talk about it here lately. And, uh, and, you know, I've done well with it. it. It really has. And not all my, not all the names there have been the minimum sale. I've had, I've had names go three figures, low three figures, but still, if it's a name I was planning on dropping and I get over a hundred bucks for it, I mean, I'm, you know, on the verge of doing backflips over that. Um, so, I'm on, sure next, that on, on next week's Domain Sherpa, Jason Shepard does backflips. <laughs> yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> um, and then uh, I actually, I have one um, uh, DNWE sale, um, which I can't really talk about. I mean, it was a $1,000 sale, I can't say the name. Um, okay. And then I actually, yesterday, sold a name that I repriced in March that uh, on a retail, re I did a, re a retail repricing, and this will kind of be explained further when I go through the full process, um, that had expired on um, May 10th, and I sold it for $750. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, I was able to just provide the off code, and the sale went through. So, uh, you know, don't ever take your names down until you have to because you just don't know when they might sell wow yeah okay where should we start um actually can i ask you about the dnwe sale that sounds like one of your highest dollar ones at a thousand dollars um and for that sale it's private is that because that, anything on that platform is private or it's just a coincidence with this particular sale just a coincidence on this particular sale. I mean, I got, I got a note from, uh, from one of the Josh's, um, saying that, the, that the, uh, Hey guys, um, that, uh, the owner would prefer it to be private. And so, you know, I was going to respect that. I, I, I didn't go back and read the terms and conditions and see if that was required. It's just not that big a deal. I mean, on, I, I'll respect that on a, on a wholesale, um, you know, exchange because I, I can understand why, I mean, I wouldn't want, the whole world knowing what I paid for names, you know, certain names that's going to be out there, certain names I'll even put out there, but you know, uh, so I, I was willing to, to respect the, the request on that, on that, um, on that particular transaction. So, so no big deal there. Um, and it, you know, I've, I've had a real good, uh, experience with the platform. I've had other names listed, you know, they're, they're listed for a finite period of time there and I've had them roll off and listed others. I've submitted others and chose not to list them because of the, you know, we just weren't quite there on price and, and that's fine too. So, but I think it's a really, a real asset for the, uh, for the domaining community. Um, you know, it's just, seems like this year, 2020 has really given us some avenues to, um, to dispose of inventory and to turn inventory that are, weren't around in the, in the past. And, uh, I think that's a good thing for the industry. Absolutely true. Now, have you been seeing pretty much all your different types of domains selling at the same rate, or is it particular um, categories of domains, particular keywords, um, or just the brandables? What What are you seeing? Um, you're talking about the like the liquidation sales. 
-hmm. Which, okay. what percent of what you're doing is liquidation versus um, retail? Well, I mean, I've, I've had retail sales during this period, um, but uh, I, w I didn't tabulate those or count them or anything. I've probably, during, since March, I've probably had, you know, eight or 10 retail sales. Um, and the names that went retail were not names that I was necessarily considering for, uh, for liquidation. Um, so may maybe we just jump into my process and kind of- Let's do it. See where things are. So as, as you may remember from previous conversations, I've got a fairly big personal portfolio. It's on the order of about 4,500 names, which is kind of a big thing to attack. So what I do is I basically um, break it up into by expiration date so that I can focus on the expirations that are coming up. Um, How soon? Like they're expiring this month or you're three months out? Well, this process started in, um, you know, in March. And so I basically, my first chunk was everything that was ending through the end of May. And I focused at first on everything that was ending immediately. So when I, this is a, this is a semi new process, obviously as renewals had been coming around in the past, I was, you know, making yay or nay decisions, but with the other options that are available now, it, it requires a little more planning than just, Oh yeah, I don't want to spend eight bucks on renewing this one. It's, you know, I've learned much more since I, since I initially acquired it and I can spend that money better some way else. So now, but now you've got options. And so you want to, you want to be intentional about it. So, um, you know, I had obviously, so when I started the process, I had names that were expiring very soon. I worked my way through those. And then I was a little more methodical as I had more time out. The, uh, the things you to realize about the liquidation platforms are that with name liquidate, you can list names multiple times, but there has to be a 30 day window between it. So you can't list the same name twice in 30 days. Okay. The name liquidate process is a seven day um, uh, reverse auction. Prices start at 900 something. I should probably know this. I think it might be 998. Drops every hour for seven days to a minimum of nine. And then it goes to a, uh, to some kind of clearance wholesale um, area that it can still be purchased. Um, so if I want to get in two listings at name liquidate before, and, and you can actually list expired names up to 15 days post expiration at name liquidate. So basically if I want to get two, you know, two listings at name liquidate, um, then I want to list it out like 45 days before expiration ish. That's my goal is 45 days. So I list it once at name liquidate. If it sells there, great. You know, um, if not, then I would like to then put it on um, drop catch for, I'm, I've, I've experimented with both. I think doing three-day auctions, multiple three-day auctions is better because most people, when they look at, um, at uh, marketplaces that are, that have temporal, you know, auction or listings that um that end that aren't just perpetual they look for what's ending today it just whittles down the list i mean there may be I'm not, I'm not saying everybody does that i'm not saying everybody does that all the time but that is one way that i tend to look at things and i think others do too so i agree all right good <laughs> so i'm not the only one that thinks that way so i i try and list for three-day auctions and then whatever sells whatever remains after that doesn't sell listed again. So theoretically, 
in a perfect world and not, and by no means is this process perfect yet. Um, you know, I would put something on name liquidate, um, list it multiple times at drop catch. Then when it expired, put it on name liquidate again. Um, now throughout this process, I consider drop catch and name liquidate to be, um, industry sites. I don't, you know, drop catch is not syndicated that I'm aware of. Nobody's finding names in the registry path unless they're trying to register them at Namebrite. And I'm sure there are people that do that, but it's not like putting something on afternoon. So if I'm, if I'm going to be heading down this path with a name, in general, if I'm going to also reprice it on the retail platforms, but I'm not going to reprice it down to wholesale prices, I'm going to drop it down to a three-figure, mid-three-figures, like a 500 to 750, which is what I did on the name that sold yesterday. It was um, semi-truck towing. Pretty long, three-word, ton of syllables. I know I had listed it on drop catch twice and name liquidate once. So people passed on that name at $15 twice, $9, you know, once, and yet somebody still paid $750 for it in a retail purchase, um, you know, 20 some days after it expired. So wow. if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be using these sites, then I think it makes sense to reprice your names on a retail, on the retail listings, on your landers, if it's Dan, if it's FD, you know, Cedu, um, say, however you say it, um, um, you know, where, wherever you have them listed, I think it makes sense because if you're, if you're willing to sell it for a, for a wholesale price, a liquidation price, there's no sense not dropping it to the public and somebody might pick up some percentage of them. Maybe it's one like I've done in this relatively new process for me. Hopefully it'll be more in the future. Um, and, you know, we'll just have to see. But uh, to me, that makes sense. Now, the question then comes, what happens if you sell it <laughs> retail and it's listed at the other spot? And I mean, if, if that happens, that's a good problem to have. I, I, you know, there is verbiage on name liquidate that says if this, you know, if you no longer have the name, when, when you get the sale notification, if you no longer have the name, let us know as soon as possible. So obviously they're aware of the, of the possibility. I haven't encountered it anywhere. Um, I don't know what the situation or what the, what the, uh, actual technical policy is at drop catch. But if that happens, you know, I'll just work my way through it. You know? Now, um, wait, like you work with pretty tight margins in, um, uh, in your personal portfolio, I think, and you are cutting it tight with these expiration dates. How do you track that? Where is your, where are your domains registered that you can still move them if it expires or get the auth code if it's expired or there's not like a redemption fee at, um, after a certain date or something? Well, um, the, the one that sold was at Namebrite and they're, they're actually, you know, doing the, the lower redemption fees right now. This sale though was not, had not gone into, you know, the redemption grace period yet. So um, I have a lot of names there. I have not experienced that with GoDaddy. Um, all of my names, with a couple of exceptions of what I've bought on their platform and have yet to move, um, 
for some other names, but everything I have is going to be at GoDaddy, Namebright, or Epic. Um, there's going to be, you know, like I said, if I buy a name at Dynadot or catch a, you know, catch a, uh, a drop at Dynadot, it's going to be there for a while. Nothing against Dynadot. It's just better on me to keep things consolidated. And my, you know, my go-to, my three of choice are uh, Namebright, Epic, and GoDaddy. At the, Got at it. The yeah, and the consolidation is really beneficial, not only for general portfolio management, but also for always knowing what that particular registrar's process is, what their fees are throughout the expiration um, cycle, because it is a very important part of the domain life cycle that's easily misunderstood, especially by newcomers, um, or just tracked by anyone, because every registrar has different rules, and sometimes they can change, too. I mean, they don't often but when they do, it could be really disruptive. Um, but it sounds like you're developing a really um, uh, detailed, workable um, process here for calling the portfolio. Um, so what can you say what kind of margins you've had for or what kind of profits you've had for these 85 sales? Sure. Um, I didn't go back and I wasn't uh, precise, but of those... None were full, none, none were auction buys. There were a couple of full price um, drop cat, you know, back orders in there. So a couple of those were um, 59 or 79. And, and those generally I will put with a reserve on the, on the platforms or drop catch the highest you can sell for, I think is 59. And so if I, you know, those may have been slight money losers, but um I had determined that I was willing to lose a little bit and liquidate and, and rather than proceed with the, with those names, the bulk rather of the, than renew them, you mean, rather than renew them. Yes. Okay. Um, the bulk, the bulk of these are either are low price or closeout purchases, a few hand registrations, um, a few discount drop catches, um, that sort of thing. Um, and so, so realistically, if I buy something for 10, $11 and sell it for nine. Sometimes some of them, not all of them sold for nine. I've had plenty of, you know, 15, 20, $29 sales, some, some, you know, $80 sales. Like I said, I had one at name liquidate. It was like $123. Um, but to me, that's, you know, I, I did the math and of the, of the $3,300 that I cleared on getting rid of 85 names. Well, that's 85 renewals. I don't have to do. I can pay for 400 renewals out of that money. Instead of so, just letting them expire, yeah. Instead of just letting them expire. So, you know, whereas, you know, I, I, I guarantee you I dropped 100 names last year, probably 200 names last year. Didn't get a penny for any of them. Um, you know, and, and, people, and people ask me, they're like, well, did you ever go back and see if it went through the, through the uh, expiration process and, and sold again? I'm like, I really didn't. I didn't want to know. I don't want to know that somebody made money off that name that I decided not to keep. Whereas now, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's part of the process. And the other part of the process is, is as I'm evaluating these names, um, I've also, and we haven't really even touched on this. I've, I've, I've jumped into the brandable marketplaces um, pretty heavily. And so part of my evaluation process now is, to allow myself for names that I think would make sense at say a brand bucket or a brand pa 
and I'm getting ready to start submitting some names to squad help um, that I want to be, I want to try those out far enough in advance to know going into the, the last few days of the expiration um, cycle, whether, whether that's going to be accepted at the, at those um, marketplaces. Right, right now at Brand Bucket, they've got a bit of a backlog. It's, a, you know, I'm not trying to diss anybody. It's about 30 plus days right now, maybe maybe up to 40 at times, depending on what how much they've, uh, you know, how, be, how many submissions they're getting. So if I'm going to submit a name that might be expiring soon, I have to really plan that out so that I'll I know I'll have time to hear back before I make the final decision. Um, whereas at Brandpa, they've uh, they've got a new system now where they'll you know they'll give you their recommended prices pretty much on the fly, almost like a, almost like an online evaluator. Um, and, you know, whether they accept it or not, or what price they accept it isn't, I'm not listing everything they accept, but, you know, I can check there and see what they think about it, make a decision. Is this the right marketplace for it? Uh, you know, did it just get flagged because it's got some portion of a buzzword in it? And it's really, I really personally don't think it's going to sell. Um, would this be, would, is this something that, uh, you know, brand bucket might take and they might like better because they both kind of have their own, their own flavors about what, what they like and what they don't like. Um, so, so, you know, that's just part of the, the overall portfolio management process is, um, you know, just deciding what's going to be the eventual outcome when this name reaches the end of its current registration cycle. That makes sense. Um, so I actually wasn't familiar. You're talking about Brand Bucket, um, who I know well, and Squad Help. And the third one, um, such a cute name, kind of like Grandpa. It's Brand Pa. So Brand P A dot com. Um, how do you differentiate between those three three marketplaces? Where what do you decide? What what's your experience like at each one? Well, um, the the I still don't, I, I, at this point, I don't have a full grasp of, like, I, I can't look at a name and say 100%, yeah, Brand Bucket's going to take that one. Um, and I, I don't know that anybody is, anybody can, um, but they do have a, they have a Slack for, um, for sellers. Um, and by going in there, you know, you, you kind of, see it, names that get approved for other sellers and um, you know you start to figure it out. Um, I have not submitted any to squad help yet. I'm going to uh, start that uh, that process probably over the weekend. I've gone through their li current listings trying to get a feel for names that uh, that do well there and what they like um, and so you know we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, the, the thing the difference is the the submission process at Brand Bucket is a dollar per name. Um, the submission process at BrandPa is eight dollars a name. That includes your logo, um, and that's that's just a one-time fee. So you know, for me to do a name that is coming up toward expiration, that means I'm investing eight bucks to list it at BrandPa, roughly eight dollars, eight and a half dollars for a renewal. So I have to feel like the name is is uh, got you know is got got a real chance at selling there. Um, and I've, I've only had one sale now up until, you know, the, the lockdown hit, I only had one name or three names listed at brandable marketplaces at all. I currently have a, around a hundred each of the two that I've mentioned. Um, so there's about so 100. three to 200 
yes. domains listed on brandable marketplaces. That's a big change. What drove you to make that change? Just that you had the time to invest? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I had thought about it before and then I thought, you know, just trying to sell them on the, uh, you know, through After Nick or Dan Landers. But I do think that uh, that, that draws a certain type of, uh, a, a certain type of buyer. And if, if I can give a name a chance or give it a leg up to, uh, to make, to get sold there, um, then, you know, maybe I maybe want to do that rather than consider a drop. Like I said, this is the, the brandable process was, was very integrated into my, uh, my don't my portfolio management and the, and the decisions on what names to call. So, uh, you know, it's just a, it's just kind of a, a, a an ongoing process deciding what, whether a name, you know, whether I just personally think a name's going to sell there and not having had many sales there at either, I've only had one on brand pop, um, so far. And, and I've not had that many names for very long, you know, over the course of the last 60 days is these names have been listed. Um, and they generally, you know, you're looking at the sellers that are selling a lot of names have had, have much bigger portfolios that have been listed for much longer. Um, so I'm not, I'm not concerned yet, but you know, if a year from now I'm still sitting on one sale then I'll consider it an experiment that wasn't, uh, wasn't particularly fruitful and I may just, uh, you know, I'll factor that into the, uh, to the portfolio management process. Interesting. All right. We'll have you back to report. Um, yeah. What other changes or adjustments or uh, have you discovered during the last couple months? Well, um, over the last couple months, I mean, I haven't really, uh, I've really seen anything major other than, than kind of what we've talked about here. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, when I look at a portfolio of 4,500 names and realize that, you know, my skills at deciding what to get, you know, it's constantly evolving. We get better at this. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, reduce my, re reduce my renewal load, get the, get it down to a little bit more manageable process. I was thinking about this last night. Um, ideally, especially if the brandable marketplace experiment, uh, you know, bears fruit, I would almost say that, my strategy for my personal portfolio going forward would be that all my mid and lower level names would be for the most part brandables and be listed at marketplaces and then have an upper tier of names that I considered you know, to be better and more able to stand on their own and just have those listed at uh, on landers and in after Nick and direct sales, you know, not through a through a brandable marketplace. I don't know if it'll ever get quite to that, but uh, you know that's kind of a rough goal at this point is to see to see how that uh, how that plays out. That sounds like a really smart goal and interesting um, too. Uh, and you know how you said just a second ago that um, you're always evolving and learning how to make these decisions. I love how Drew Rosner says he, um, he spent the cost of an Ivy League education on making basically mistakes with domains, on buying domains and selling them, or not being able to sell them, or finding a different outlet. And I think it's really important for anyone listening who's trying to plan out their strategy, um, for culling the portfolio or making 
expiration decisions that it shouldn't be a point of discouragement so much as discovery. Um, and I really like your attitude in how you celebrate what you're figuring out instead of looking at ah, a year ago, you didn't have this part under your belt. And now you're really developing something that sounds really smart and well-informed and like it suits the time that you have to invest, the way that you like to invest and, um, and your, your interests and passions in managing it. So good for you. Um, I think sometimes people try to take somebody else's portfolio um, management strategy and apply it to themselves. And, um, you know, I, I think the best thing that our listeners can do is apply what works for them and apply your flexible thinking more than this is the one and only way to do it. You know, have you tried anything that you felt like didn't work for you? Um, well, yeah, in the past, before, you know, we had these, these newer liquidation platforms before, um, and I'm not sure at what point the drop catch started allowing sales there. I, I do, I buy a lot of names through, through their drop, drop process. So I have a lot of names at Namebrite and the Namebrite names are especially easy to list at drop catch. You can list other names, but, uh, it's, it's just really, it, it really does work well for the ones that are there. Um, so I don't know when that, when that was became available. Um, it hasn't been there the whole time I've been domaining. Um, I think it's probably within the last six months and they may have had some availability to limited people before that. I want to say that, uh, um, uh, maybe Josh from DSAD had mentioned um, selling there before it was publicly available, but I, I could be wrong there. But uh, so in the past, before all of this, this was available, I would just drop the price of my names to the lowest possible price on After Nick and Dan. And that, that just didn't move names because, you know, a retail name requires somebody that wants that name at that particular time. Maybe you grab a sale here and there for somebody that happens to want it, but would have played, would have paid more maybe, or maybe they wouldn't have, but it's just not, I don't think there's a percentage in just dropping your names, your prices on your names late in the late in your registration cycle um, on a retail marketplace. I think it really needs to be at a, if you're going to drop, if you're going to liquidate, it needs to be places where other domain investors are looking for inventory. Um, and honestly, the I've had the best luck doing non-reserve, um, uh, you know, sales on these liquidation platforms. Now you have to you have to set a minimum price on drop catch, and I think it's fifteen, and then the maximum I think is fifty nine. If I have a lot of time going in, and I know I'm going to be able to list it multiple times, I'll bracket it. I'll start it high, do the next listing a little lower, a little lower, a little lower until it gets to the bottom and I'm probably just telling all other domain investors to just keep waiting, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> and, and hope it, hope it doesn't sell and comes back. But, uh, and, and that's fine. I mean, I've, I've done the same thing. I see a name that I like and I'm like, eh, I don't like it for that much for the full $59 price. And then I'll see it again. And it's like 29. I'm like, Oh, I guess, you know, they listed it again. So I, you know, I've done that. I don't think that's a big secret that that's a, a, a potential strategy. So, um, but uh, yeah, so I just think that the, the, the retail price drop was just not an experiment that really worked. And I almost to the point where I think 
I just quit doing it. I would just leave it as a full price and drop it before, you know, these other options became available. Now that the, now that these are, these other options are, are available, it's obviously a, a better thing. And, and certainly I'm not, and I, and I probably should have calculated a percentage. I'm not selling all of my names that, that, that I've tried and liquidate. Sure. They're still, there's still a lot dropping. I know right now I've got like 85 names at Namebright in RGP. And so that they're in, they're in redemption. Now, because of the COVID situation, they've extended uh, a lot of their passing. I think they're passing on the savings that I, that, uh, I want to say ICANN um, did, where they lowered the, the redemption period, the redemption fee. Um, so a lot of those names I could, I could theoretically, you know, at this point, redeem for roughly the same price as, if, as a renewal. Oh, uh, I was not aware of that. Interesting. Yeah, um, it was going to end on June first. I want to say it got extended. I don't know if ever if most registrars extended it. It still says that when I look at the list, the price is still the lower price for the dot coms. It's not not necessarily for everything. Um, I know the dot orgs are pretty high. Again, you know, are like a full price redemption. Um, but uh, so anyhow, that you know, that's that's part of the process too. But uh, you know when. And I don't even remember exactly how we got on on that, but the, um, anyhow, yeah, I just I, the full price um, or dropping the price at retail just was not an experiment that that worked for me, um, and, and so you know, I, I'm pretty sure I just discontinued it um, and just would leave them full price on the retail platforms and then drop them. So I mean, I'm very, I think I may have expressed it already. I'm just very thankful to have these new options and, and allow that allows me to build a process around it. And it's going to allow me to take chances on names now that I might not have in the past because I know that I'm recouping some, ex I can recoup some expense from some percentage of them at the, you know, after a year. So, you know, at, at this point, yeah, makes sense. you know, it, it's going to allow me to the, 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 the ability to, to do more um, with what I've got than, than worry about, okay, do I have to, you know, do I want to, spend 850 on it or buy it at a, buy it at a, you know, at a closeout and then pay the one year renewal. So I've got 17 bucks in it and then try and sell it for a year. And then if it doesn't just let it go. And that's $17 flushed when I, when there's a chance that I might be able to get back some, some or all of that by liquidating. Yeah. It's going to make me more likely to, to buy a name. Hmm. So um, is your goal to stay at about 4,500 in your portfolio and just evolve the quality of that portfolio or is your goal to be at a different quantity? Um, I haven't settled for sure on a number, um, but I, I think I want to do about a 50, like a one third reduction. I'd I think I'd like to get it down to about 3000. It's just a little bit unwieldy at this many. Now, once the names, once I, once I get, a higher percentage of those in brandable marketplaces for me to put something in, to list something in a brandable marketplace, I could pretty much have to commit to that name for a few years. So that those names are no longer mental weight that I have to worry about hmm. every year. I mean, the names that, you know, I've got them organized in, you know, at the registrars in a certain way. I know which ones those are when I see those expire and I just, I'm just going to renew them. Um, so, so then that takes the decision-making process down to fewer names. So, you know, depending on what the, uh, what the percentage are, how many total names I have listed at brandable marketplaces, 
you know, maybe maybe that 3,500 or that, that 3,000 um, number is high. Maybe it's low. Um, we'll just see. I mean, it's it's the process that I'm creating right now for my for myself is is evolving. Um, I do I do like getting rid of names and uh, and recouping some money. And honestly, if I want to upgrade the portfolio, I may you know I may go up full bore at that and then just you know plan to liquidate batches of names at a time and then you know whatever sells reinvest that in a single name and then whatever doesn't sell at that point goes back into the process of maybe I maybe I do renew it maybe I I may, I may run names through the full liquidation cycle and at the end decide well I do still want to keep the name since it didn't sell but I would have been willing to sell it for a liquidation price but it doesn't mean I'm not going to keep it for sure you know one way or the other. That makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of test it out and make your call. Very interesting. Um, and it's true. Things can change or as you see them. Um, that's pretty cool. Hey, what have you been buying lately? I had a, a purchase yesterday that I really like. Um, and this was a, this was actually the first purchase in a while for the partnership. Um, you know, I hadn't been throwing many names um, his way, giving him, you know, a few things here and there that came up that were pretty, uh, that were, you know, kind of in his wheelhouse and the things that I, I knew he would like, I, uh, you know, I would throw them and you, a couple things went out of, out of reach higher than we wanted. And I can't think of any of them right off, but there were a couple good names. So that, but the name that we liked yesterday was rehired.com. Um, and I just feel like, I just felt like when I saw it that, all right, so, and I, and I know that there are people that say past tense names are, are bad, and I know, you know, kind of known for having autographed, um, which I like the past tense of that one for certain reasons as well. I also like the past tense of this name because I'm, you know, I've worn many hats, no pun intended, <laughs> um, in my life, and I've been a I've been a retail manager and to me rehire just the word rehire is it is technically a verb but to me that means the noun for somebody that is getting ready to start work that had formerly worked there that name is so cemented in the noun that I like the I like the the past tense rehired as a brand for somebody you know and I think it's a perfect time for it with everybody, you know, a lot, so many people out of work because of the COVID-19 shutdown, they need to be rehired. They may not be rehired at their current job, but they need to be rehired in a job. And I think, that, I think it would be a, a great brand for that. Interesting. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to see movement in online job postings and all of that over the economy in the next couple of years. Um, so are you planning that it needs to flip pretty quickly are you pricing it for that no i mean i, I think it's a, i think it's i think it's a timely name but i'm not gonna i haven't priced it on a margin that i that i'm particularly trying to you know move it quickly i think i've got the bot the bin right now at like i want to say like forty nine thousand. okay and i, and I like the name did you buy, where did you buy it was it expired was it uh, it was a it was a back order option at Drop Catch, and the final price was a like a thousand and one dollar. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, and so that's a pretty high multiple, but I mean, I think I think I've got the 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 minimum offer at like twenty five thousand. Um, so you know, we, I think pretty highly of the name. 
um, we'll see. We'll see what kind of uh, interest it draws, and if I may, if I need to make pricing adjustments in the future, I will. Yeah. And, and here's um, the thing. I mean, we mostly have on this show the people dealing with the top two percent of domain names, and they're making six and seven figure decisions every single day. Um, but the majority of our audience and the majority of newer domain investors are just like you making decisions like these. And this is why this is so incredibly valuable that you would share this process. Um, and, um, you've seen some really, really great successes and it's cool that you can manage your own portfolio with that, uh, investment dollar amount. And then also, um, the, the one in your partnership. So $1,001 for rehired.com is absolutely fantastic on any level. Um, and you saying, you know, past tense verbs, they're, they're not bad. Um, they just aren't as often either. They're certainly never as valuable, um, except maybe autographed.com. Um, and they're, um, rarely, you know, do they sell as much? Um, so that's, that's a difficult thing. But what I like is that you're combining a word that's frequently used, um, also a, an economic situation right now that is um, go, going to see additional action or space online. Um, and those two things together with the past tense verb, like it's, it's how you package the whole thing. Um, everyone wants to be rehired. They want to be employed again. Right. Um, yeah, uh, that's cool. So how'd you come up with 49 to list it at? Well, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about pricing last time we were, we were together and, uh, I just felt like I did 49,500. I like, I like even numbers that come in just under big numbers. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, and then the, the make offer price is an even number. I didn't do any charm pricing on it. Um, I just, I just, like I said, I just felt like it was a solid name. Um, and I thought the current situation would, uh, you know, there was a, gave us an increased chance that there would be somebody looking to move into that space with a, with a solid brand. And I felt like it would, it would be a good brand. Um, you know, uh, and if somebody contact, and, and that's the thing, if somebody really wants a name that you have a minimum offer of that's out of their price range, they can still get a hold of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've sold plenty of names that, you know, for maybe a little bit less than the minimum offer by direct contact. I just want to filter out the, you know, the low ballers. This isn't a name that I'm going to, even 10 X on this, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't be inclined to take, you know, it would be one of those partner conversations where it'd be like, look, I know it's 10 X, but I think, I think we're, we're leaving money on the table. And, you know, obviously he's going to weigh in and we'll make a, make a, a joint decision on that. Um, so, so that's why, that's why I thought it was high and I listed it higher. Yeah, I definitely agree on it's more than a 10 X name. Um, and I see what you're doing there with um, having the 49 five here, but then the 25 make offer gives a lot of room. You'll get some feedback over time and you can always reprice as we see economic changes or changes in that space. 
Um, totally different question, and I apologize. I don't think I asked this last time you were on the show when we talked about um, your partnership and how you have it structured. But are you guys 50-50? What do you do when a, there's a decision and you don't agree? Well, um, I'm not talking financially. I'm just talking agreements. If you say, no, we got to sell this, and he says, no, nope, got to hold it, what do you do? Well, I'm going to go with him. I mean, you know, he, he's going to, he's basically going to have the decision-making override because it, it is his money, you know? Okay. Um, and, you know, well, I've got a lot of time, energy, expertise, you know, invested in the partnership. Um, at the end of the day, you know, he's the one with the, with, with the cash on the line. And chances are it's not going to go that direction because the, you know, truth be told, I mean, you know, I'm going to make money on a profit on any profitable sale that I didn't have money on the line for. So it's probably not going to be me. You know, I certainly will, will advise him to the best of my ability. I certainly don't want to let something sell for far less than I think we should, unless there's compelling reason to, um, you know, something like maybe an unknown trade, a trademark we didn't realize existed at the time of purchase or something, you know, if there's a compelling reason, or if I just see, you know, a particular market segment tanking and I'm like, all right, look, these names are not selling like they used to. Let's just get what we can or a name we've had for a long time. If it's a you know, something we've had for a while and I just feel like, uh, you know, it's just stale. We haven't gotten interest. There haven't been inquiries then yeah, yeah, at that point, I might recommend something going, but chances are I'm not going to be recommending something we sell anything too cheap. It's just, you know, I, I definitely, um, this is somebody I've worked with for a long time in a lot of different capacities. And in all those capacities, I try and make sure that I put the interest of his businesses ahead of whatever else, you know, and, yeah. and in the, in that, in the, in those scenarios, you know, we've, we've, we've had a very, uh, very fruitful, um, partnership in, in, and, and working relationship in a variety of different industries. That's really, really special. Um, and really neat to see that someone, so I know your partner's businesses are primarily, um, uh, don't work well with social isolation. And it's really, really, really neat. I bet um, he's really glad that he diversified and listened to this crazy guy about domain names. Uh, pretty cool. So rehired, I have another question. Do you um, watch for, did that just pop out? You're scrolling through a million lists or are you checking for certain keywords? How did that come to your attention in the first place? Well, I do, um, I put in, I put in for a lot of back orders. Um, and that one was one I put in for a back order. It went to auction because you know, chances of being the only person interested in that word, you know, or in that domain when it's dropping are very slim. And, but I'm still going to try because you just never know. I've caught names for regular, on regular back orders that I would have expected would go to auction plenty of times. So it, it's almost one of those things where you just do it knowing it's going to go to auction and, and it did. So then it's already on my radar. And 
I was bidding on it personally because, you know, as you mentioned, some of his, a lot of his business has been affected by the, uh, by the social distancing and the shutdowns here in North Carolina. Um, so he's kind of pumped the brakes on acquisitions, but so I was actually bidding on it. Got a little bit out of my comfort zone um, with uh, some of my other purchases. And I was like, you know, this is a really good name. I, f I felt strongly about it. Um, let me just, you know, toss it over to him, see what he thinks. He agreed. Um, and we, he, he told me a number to put in as a proxy and the, we want it for less than the proxy. And that's cool. That's so really cool. Couldn't, couldn't be a, couldn't be a more perfect scenario as far as I was concerned. Cause I, I really do, really do like the name. That's neat. Um, maybe this is a weird question. Do you bid in the same account for the two um, businesses or are you bid separately? Uh, no, I know I bid separately. I mean, he has an account in his name um, and I have the, you know, I do, I actually do the, not always, sometimes he'll log in and bid, but for the most part, I, I will log in and bid on that. Yeah. Um, and, and I realize that's a, that's a hairy situation, um, but it has never, never have we been in a situation where we were bidding against each other. There have always been intermediate bidders. Well, I think it's a more hairy situation, love the pun there with your uh, hair, um, to um, when you mix stuff. It's, it's really, really, really hard. And it's hard when people are first getting started and trying to be efficient or trying to minimize all the change. Um, but I really respect how you have things structured between the two businesses. It sounds smart. Um, what else should we talk about? Um, I don't know. Well, I had an, I had a purchase of mine and, that I liked, um, that it was within the last couple of weeks. I bought naturalai.com. Ooh, kind of seems like an oxymoron. Natural AI, like artificial intelligence. Yeah, well, it's, I think that uh, as, they, as, as AI has developed, they're trying to figure out ways to make it seem natural. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think it is a term. I don't, you know, I didn't spend a lot on it. It was a couple hundred bucks, but, um, I rather liked it. Um, and so hmm. we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it does. Um, I have, uh, I have also personally, um, I, I'm probably going to be more risk, um, more, take more risks with my own names than I would with the names that I am, uh, that I'm recommending for the portfolio. We don't do much in the way of non.coms in the invest in the partnership portfolio, mm -hmm. but I have, uh, I've got a small number of GGs and a small number of VCs. Okay. I have, uh, I have raise.vc. Ray, raise like raise money, R-A-I-S-E. Yes. VC. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, everybody's, and I haven't seen any VC sales yet. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the word on the street in the domain community is that the venture capital firms like it. So I felt like raise, dot, raise venture capital, raise.vc made yeah. sense. It's, is the transfer process pretty easy for a .vc? Um, it's not too bad. I, uh, I don't even remember where I got that one. I think, but I think I have them at, uh, I think I may, I think I may have gotten it on a, I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak, but, uh, it may have been at a, uh, at a Dyna dot, um, drop catch, a back order. Um, okay. you know, I don't want to turn to the side and research for 30 seconds and 
That's okay. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's where it was. Um, and so it's probably sitting at GoDaddy or Epic now. Um, okay. or, or will be soon. Okay. And what are some of your GGs? Um, I don't remember right off. It's bad. I got 4,500 names tests. <laughs> you, have to, you have to cut me a little bit of slack. Jason, I think your your memory is great. Your sport for coming on, it's cool. It's all good. So, <laughs> Thanks for like opening up and sharing so much that you do. I know it means so much to for newer investors to see how much you have built up and how successful you've become in just a couple of years of this. Uh, it's really cool. Well, it's my pleasure. I do. I tend to share a lot on Twitter. Um, the Sometimes it, it opens you up to, oh, you could have got more for that. Or, I mean, I, I, but I, I just feel like kind of documenting the journey and letting other people that are at a different stage see what's going on um, is beneficial. I got so much out of, um, you know, Domain Sherpa as I was cutting my teeth. And I'm by no means a seasoned investor at this point. But, and I still get so much out of it. Um, but, you know, I think that there's, there's always the opportunity to teach from where you are or to benefit other people with think with what you're going through from where you are. I mean, I, I, and this is, this is probably worthy of talking about. I posted it on Twitter. I don't, I saw, I didn't realize that I owned spray sanitizer.com. Spray sanitizer.com. Yeah. That's a big name right about it, now. I, it sold with fast transfer for $500. Because I forgot I had it, didn't, you know, I saw it come across and I was like, it was just like the most mixed emotions you could have. You're like, I'm glad I sold a name. I could have gotten five or 10 times as much for it. If I had just thought to reprice it, I would not be surprised if that was a, a domain investor that stumbled across that and bought it. Because, sure. and, I, and, 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 you know, it's water under the bridge at this point. There's nothing I can do. Um, I, you know, I heard, I've heard of people calling after Nick and saying, hey, that was a mistake. It should never have been listed for that. I wasn't going to do that. You know what? More power to you. You found that name for what was at the, in this situation, not un, an unreasonable wholesale price. And I hope they do well for it. I hope they get 10x for it. Um, and, uh, and, and when you do, if you've watched this, track me down and let me know. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, yeah, you have a beautiful attitude, Jason. And it's true, 4,500 domains. Part of that strategy is knowing that once in a while, say global pandemic, something's going to fall through the cracks or some industry is going to blow up. And before you notice it, um, something in fast transfer will sell. And it's okay. Um, that's, that's, you know, part of this whole business strategy that you have and overall it's successful. And that's, that's really where you, you do stay focused and, uh, kudos to you for that. Um, any shout outs before we say goodbye? Oh, wow. Um, man, I just, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta shout out Mike Seiger because the, the weekly domain, um, you know, meetups, uh, every Friday, I mean, they've been really such a positive thing for the for the community, and uh, and and you know, he and I, you know, 
we're not like best buds, but I mean, I consider him a friend now. We've gotten closer, and uh, I just, I just really, I really, such a thoroughly nice man, and I'm just pleased to have make his acquaintance and have his acquaintance and have him as a friend, and and just what he does for the for the community. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. We love you. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Um, Jake is Mike's son. We're tight. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks for being on here. Um, good luck eventually getting your haircut. You look fabulous one way or the other. Um, good for you for keeping it all going on during this crisis. And I'll uh, we'll see you all next time. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tess. Take right. care. Thanks, Jason.